Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're looking at how God speaks at Christmas, and today what we're going to look at is how God spoke to the shepherds. Now, before I get into this, it's just important, I think, for you to understand about shepherds. There were nomads. They just went from place to place to place. And there was no way they could be what the Jewish custom said to be as far as being ceremonial clean, you know, because they couldn't bathe as much as they wanted to. They couldn't move and do this as they wanted to. And because of that, they were outcast in society. They didn't fit in. They were unclean. They were constantly on the mood. In fact, if shepherds were in the neighborhood of your house and something went missing, you know who you would blame? The shepherds. Those dirty, rotten, no good, mangy sheep watchers, you know, that just kind of always move about and, you know, they just have a bad reputation and they were looked down upon. And how do you put that in a Christmas card? How do you put that in the picture books? But yet, that's what they wore. And so here they are, rejected by men, and yet God goes to the lowest to reveal the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, it's kind of ironic because these shepherds who were here were probably watching the sheep that were later on going to be sacrificed in the temple. Bethlehem is close to Jerusalem, so they were probably there doing that, and so they come to that place. And yet, when you look at Scripture, so many of the people that God used were shepherds. Abel was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. In fact, Jesus calls himself a shepherd. He says this, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I'm the good shepherd. The shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. So it's in, this serenor, seren, it's in this setting that the angels come to the shepherds, the people that no one wanted to have anything to do with, and brings the message of the birth of Christ. So we're going to look at the story. It's found in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin with revealing the good news, revealing the good news. It's in Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8, that night... There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And what is it? They're terrified. Remember last week I talked about whenever an angel shows up, what's the first words? Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. Now, angels are basically God's messengers. And notice that he brings a message to the angels. He says, look, I bring you good news. If there's anything the world needs today, it's good news. I mean, if you watch the news, listen to the news, read the news, it's usually all bad news. And the old saying is, if it weren't for bad news, there would be no news at all. People don't watch good news, they watch the bad news. That's why they do it. And so 
Here we come to a place where the angel says very specifically, I am bringing you good news. And the good news is what is the theme of the gospel. It is the gospel. And so he says, I'm bringing you life. I'm bringing you news that you just can't even imagine, can't even believe. In Mark chapter 1, John, John the Baptist, he was arrested. He went, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached good news. Time promised by God has come at last. He announced the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe in good news. You would think people would just automatically receive good news, but we're kind of skeptics, aren't we? We kind of don't, eh, come on, is it really that good? Is it really something like that? And yet all throughout Scripture, it's the good news. In Romans chapter 1, verse 15, Paul says, I'm eager to come to you in Rome too and to preach good news. I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. So what's the good news? The good news is this is how you get right with God. That's good news. Now the world we live in doesn't think so. If you start to tell them how to get right with God, they don't think that's good news, do they? No. Verse 17 continues, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And so here we have the angels coming to say, I've got good news. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you news that will give you information on how you can get right with God. That's good news. Well, don't speak hate to me. And we all know what hate is. You don't agree with me and think different than me, then you hate me. No, I've got good news. Here's how you get right with God. And this good news is so great that it will give you great joy. So the theme of Christ's life, the message of his birth is a very simple message. Jesus Christ is coming so that you can get right with God and have life. That's the good news. And that good news should bring you great joy. Great joy. So, let me kind of explain it to you like this. If you come to me and say, Pastor, just guess what? I just inherited and I just got a million dollars. I would say, that's good news. However, if I came to you and said, I just want a million dollars, that's good news with great joy. You get a million dollars, good news. I get a million, good news, great joy. Right? A little different, isn't it? And so what we have to see is that there is good news in this world. So I just want you to understand something very clearly. I don't care what you hear in the news. I don't care what happens in the year ahead. I don't care what's going on in the midst of all the bad news. There is good news and will always be good news. And the best news you can ever get is this is how you can get right with God. This is how you have the relationship. This is what you need to do in order for your life to take on meaning and purpose. And when you receive that news, it will give you great joy. And we just don't know how to handle joy. 
It's just struggle. <laughs> I remember once this time of year, I was in a, in a candy shop. I know, imagine that. And uh, <laughs> there I was and buying candy and it was crowded and it was good stuff. And the lady who was running the shop, who evidently was the owner, all, all she did was complain, man, it's so busy. I can't keep up with the crowds. Where are all these people come from? What's going on? Ba 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 ba. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there listening. I'm thinking, lady, you're going to get 40% or so of your business right now, this time of year. And you're going to complain and gripe about it? This should be good news to you. And it should give you a lot of joy. You're going to make money. But you see, isn't it amazing how we can take good news and turn it into bad news? Isn't it amazing how good news can be given to us and we just don't receive it? The angels come and say to the shepherds, they're terrified. The shepherds are there watching a little fur ball sleep. And suddenly the light appears. I don't know, what is this? Alien space invasion? I don't know. Don't be afraid. I've got good news for you. I can tell you how to be right with God. The Messiah, the Savior, is going to be born. And that will give you great joy. God wants to come into your life to make you right with God, to make you miserable. No, it's not it, is it? He wants to come to you into your life to give you joy. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I have come so that you could have life to the full. The good news brings great joy. That's what it does. And that's what it should do. And so the good news has been revealed. He says, here it is. Here's what it is what it's about. Here's good news. Secondly, recognizing the good news. Now, so the angels announce it. They declare it. And yet there's a struggle with it. Let's look and see here. Verse 11, the Savior, now don't miss this, the Savior, yes, the Messiah. Very important term, and I'm going to explain it in a moment. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. In other words, how are you going to know this? He's been born, how are you going to know? Here's what you need to know. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And so we come to that place where they say, okay, this is it, it's coming, he's here, this is how you'll see him, the Lord, the Messiah, the Savior. Now, the meaning of the word Messiah simply means anointed one. That's what it means, or chosen one. The Greek word in English is Christ. The name Jesus Christ is the same as Jesus, the Messiah. Same words. John 1.41, Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. 
the anointed one. In the Old Testament, the prophets, the priests, the kings, whenever they were to put into office, they would be anointed with oil, and that means they were set apart for this position, for this place of responsibility, and it was a sign that God had chosen them and consecrated them for the work that they were chosen to do, and so they were chosen. They were the Messiah. They were the ones that God, the anointed ones, used by God. The Old Testament, all throughout it, says there's coming a deliverer, chosen by God to redeem Israel. He will be anointed by God, and this deliverer is called the Messiah. So the Jewish people, all throughout Old Testament times, up until the birth of Christ, were waiting for, looking for, the Messiah, the deliverer the one who would come and help them. And they read about how that this person would come, would overcome God's enemies, and that meant for them what? He is gonna come, he is gonna do away with the disgusting Romans and their rule, and instead he is gonna put his kingdom on earth, which simply means we will now reign on earth. So no longer will we be enslaved. Now we will rule and we will be the ones who are the rulers. We won't be ruled. We'll be rulers and we'll get rid of all these other people. And that's the Messiah. The problem is Jesus didn't come that way, did he? You see, they were looking for a Messiah, but they already had said, this is what he has to do and look like. But they had overlooked the idea that he was a spiritual Messiah and he would overcome the power of sin and of Satan. And they didn't understand it and that his role was, now I'm going to hit a little close to home, okay? His role is spiritual, not political. Some of you would do well to remember that. (laughs) And what was the result? They missed him. No, it's not him. The Messiah we're looking for is going to do this. He's not doing this. In fact, he seems to stay away from this. And because of that, we don't think he's the one. Matthew chapter 11. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about the things the Messiah was doing. There's the term. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah that we've been expecting? Are you the one we've been looking for? Or should we keep looking for someone else? You're not doing what we thought you should be doing. Are you really the one? Matthew chapter 12. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? He doesn't look like the Messiah. He doesn't act like the Messiah. It doesn't seem like he's the Messiah. But yet, there's something there. Could he be the one? And so one day, Jesus is talking with his disciples, and he goes away by himself to pray, and his disciples are with him, and he goes to them. He says, who do people say I am? 
Well, they replied, um, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the other ancient prophets risen from the dead. And he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah, the Savior, the Deliverer sent from God. It's so critical that John ends his book, the Gospel of John, in John chapter 20 with these words. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing in him, you will have good news. Life by the power of his name. Good news. Good news. So even today, in this room, some of you have looked for God to do this and to operate this way. And when he doesn't do what you think he should do, I don't know that I can trust him. I don't know that he's real. I don't know that he's the one that I need to be serving. Because all of us have a picture of what God should do, don't we? The Jewish people are still looking for a Messiah. They're looking for someone who would come today, eliminate the Palestinians, set up the global rule of the Jews, Jerusalem, and the Jews would rule the earth. That's what they're looking for. Because that's what they think the Messiah will do. And when the baby was born, an angel came to the lowest of the low and said, this is the one. Don't miss it. And yet today, how many times have we missed God because he doesn't come in the way we think he should? He doesn't do what we want him to do. I mean, he should deal with the political mess, right? Huh? It's spiritual, not political. Isn't it amazing how we're still a couple thousand years beyond that and it's still the same issue sometimes? Fascinating, isn't it? So the angels show up and said, look, I'm going to reveal good news to you. I want you to recognize it for what it is. It's not what you think it is. It's not what you want it to be. But this is what it is. The Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. He has been born. And this is who he is. And then they give this little fascinating phrase in what we read just a moment ago. He says, there is now peace on earth. Oh, look around you. Doesn't look like much peace to me. But go back to our little video we watched. Not peace there. Peace here. That you and I today have peace. That no matter what happens 
we have peace. That no matter where we find ourselves, when the Messiah comes into your life to make you right with God, there is great joy because a burden has been lifted, because sin has been defeated, and that you and I then get to live with peace. Now, there's always people who think, well, we got to pray for world peace. Let me just tell you something. This is free. It will never happen. Bible tells us that. As long as we're here, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. It's just the way it is. God says, look, I didn't come to bring peace to all the worlds to stop all the wars. I came to bring you peace. Shalom. So that you, inside of you, don't have to be in turmoil. Don't have to live with guilt. Don't have to live with fear. Don't have to allow the things of life excuse me, to discourage you, to defeat you, there is peace. Now that peace only comes through the Messiah, the good news. Good news, there's peace on earth with whom God is pleased. In other words, with those who are willing to receive the good news. There will always be conflict but there is peace. Jesus says it himself. He says, I am leaving you with a gift. <laughs> a couple days, there's going to be a lot of gifts given, isn't there? You see, when you get a gift, you don't have to work for it. You just have to accept it, right? So he says, I'm going to give you a gift. It's, it's mine to give to you peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Don't be troubled or afraid. Peace. Peace of mind. Peace of heart. Boy, that's a good way to live. That's what happens when you're right with God. That's what happens when you accept the good news. That's what happens when the Messiah has come. Great joy. There's peace in your heart, there's peace in your mind, and every day of your life as a Christian, every day, every second, you should live with that peace. Now, the enemy will do everything he can to take that peace away from you. He will bring all kinds of circumstances and difficulties and everything else around you. He will bring confusion. He will do everything he can to get you not to have that gift to give it up and to live in fear, live in turmoil, to live in bitterness, to live in anger, to live in defeat, to live in a, with a life that's just negative and bitter about everything going on. And you forget that, oh, I got great joy. I've got good news. The Messiah has come. And there's peace. So the great news is here. Now, here's the thing about the whole realm of Jesus being born. They had the good news. That good news was going to bring them peace. And here's what the Bible says about it. He came to his own who were looking for him, and his own received him not. 
There's a lot of people in this world today who are looking for God, but he has to fit their idea of what he is. And God doesn't cater to everybody's idea. He is who he is. And sometimes the good news comes in packaging we don't like. And we don't want to accept. And we all are guilty of looking for God to come in a way we have designed. And we miss what he offers because it's not in the form we're looking for. So the good news was revealed. He said, will you receive it? It's here. I'm telling you, it's here. And so this Christmas season, good news. Christ is born. The Messiah. Joy. Peace. So, once it's revealed, you receive it, you need to respond to it. You respond to it. So the angel came to the shepherds, told them the good news, told them what to look for. Notice next what they do. Verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And when they heard the shepherds' story, they all were astonished. And Mary, talked about this a little bit, she kept it all in her heart, thought about them often. So here's the angels, they, they get this good news, and what do they do with it? Well, how do they respond to it? Two things that apply to us still today. First of all, we're all called to be seekers. What had to happen for them to come to that place? They had to go and see. You know, it wasn't, oh, there's good news, it's in Bethlehem, great. I'll, I'll get there in the morning. I need to catch up on my sleep. No, they got up and went. Many people never find God because they don't look for him. They expect for him to come on their terms, do what they want, and they don't look for him. A lot of people are looking for joy. A lot of people are looking for peace. But they're looking in all the wrong places. And so we're called to be seekers. I will go and see. Let me do everything I can to seek all of God that I can so that I can have the peace and joy that he wants to give to me. I keep looking. And you see, well, I found God. Oh, no. You, you've begun to find God. God is much bigger than what you've found. And as you keep looking for him and keep searching, seeking him and keep serving him, you begin to have a bigger and bigger and bigger and greater picture of God and who he is. Matthew 7. Keep on asking. You'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking, the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Keep looking. Don't ever stop. God's bigger than you can imagine. Oh, I know all this stuff. Oh, Christmas, I've done it for 50, 60, 70, 80 years. I've celebrated. Yeah, I know all about the story. Do you? Ever read the Bible and you read, come across something and suddenly, oh, I didn't see that before. You keep looking, don't you? 
because there's more. It's greater. And we're called to be seekers. The, angel, the shepherds got up and went right then. Let's go see. They told us what to look for. Let's go do it. It requires effort on your part, doesn't it? Well, God knows where I'm at. He can find me. <laughs> yeah, God knows where you're at and he's found you. The question is, are you going to find him? That's always the question. Secondly, we're called to share. We're called to share. What are we told about them? They told everybody. <laughs> they, they told everyone. If you have good news, you share it. We've got good news. We share. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to go out in the street corner somewhere and start announcing it and preaching it to everybody. It doesn't mean you've got to go into your office sometime this week, maybe, and you start telling everybody. It just means that when you have the opportunity, it just means that when the situation presents itself, you are willing to share with others the good news that you have. Because people can argue with you all they want, but here's one thing they can't argue with you about is your experience, your testimony. You know what? Let me tell you what I found. You know, I was this way and this way, and I was struggling as well, but one day I began to follow God, and I accepted Christ. And here's the difference he's made in my life. That's something we is worth sharing, isn't it? Amen. And so we come to that place where we let everyone know, this is the good news. I've got good news. I'll, I'm going to keep looking for it. Because you know what? The bad news is so bad and it's so prevalent and everywhere I look, I'm just going to keep looking for the good news because the good news is there. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on the good, not, not the evil. I'm not going to let the evil discourage me. I'm not going to let all the bad news put me in a downer. I'm, I know there's good news and I'm going to look at the good news and I'm going to seek it. I'm going to keep looking for it. And I'm going to keep it every day of my life. And I will be open to share it wherever I can. Good news, great joy, peace. Look for it. It's there. Share it because other people are looking for it as well. They're just looking in the wrong place. And finally, rejoicing because of the good news. Rejoicing because of the good news. Verse 20. Shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, and it was just as the angel told them. What did they see? All they saw was a baby. But notice what it says about them. They're rejoicing because of what the angel had told them. Well, I'd believe God if I could see this. God has sent Christ into this world to tell us. God has given us his word. And so you and I have reason to praise and glorify God. And because we've lost some of this, we lose some of the excitement. We lose some of the joy that there is. There's good news. There's great joy. Our Savior has come. There is peace. If anybody in this planet has cause to rejoice, it's us. 
Not just once in a while, not just when I feel good, not just when I feel like it, but every day we have reason to rejoice. And the shepherds, after all this has happened, what's the end result of it? They're rejoicing, glorifying, praising God. They've got good news, excitement, celebration, wonder, awe. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, and now you Gentiles also have heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own children, his own people, the Messiah, the good news. He did this, why? So that we would praise and glorify him. God deserves the glory. Earlier in the service, we sang. We sang carols. We sang some songs. That's a reason for us to rejoice. Oh, but there's always something. I don't like that song. Yeah. I don't like the way they're doing it. Stop for a moment. It's not about you. Okay? This isn't about what you like. God doesn't, didn't come to give you what you like. He came to give you what you need. And so you and I praise him and glorify him we give him that because there is no greater gift that we will get this year than the Messiah the good news great joy peace something to talk about excitement something to give God praise for so the good news has been revealed have you recognized it Do you have the joy and peace that it wants to give to you? Will you respond to it as you should? It's been revealed to us. It demands a response. Will you seek it? Will you receive it? Will you share it? And will your life be filled with a constant joy and praise and rejoicing? because of what God has done. So you may be here this morning and maybe you've never given your life to God. You've had your conditions. This is what God should do. This is what he's like. And if he doesn't fit my little box, I just don't believe it. The Messiah has come. His terms, not yours. Isn't it time maybe you drop down your demands and you give your life to him? and let him be in charge. And when he's in charge, you get to have life to the full. Joy, peace. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you focus on the bad news and forget there's good news. Maybe you're here today and you don't have peace because of all the stuff and you're focusing on all the turmoil going on around you and your family or in your job situation or whatever. How can I have joy and peace when that's going on? It's very easy. The Messiah has come. There's good news. And that's what this season is about. Some of you are going through, the holidays aren't a good time. There's still joy and peace. 
the Messiah is here. We have something to celebrate. So would you take a moment just between you and God? And would you just talk to him for a moment? Whatever you feel like he's saying to you right now. God, here I am. Help me. today we celebrate the good news it's been given the Messiah has come and that changes our life it makes all the difference in the world thank you for the greatest gift that's ever been given to us thank you for giving us life to the full Thank you for the joy that we can have, for the peace we can have, for the rejoicing that's ours. Help us to live in it. Help us to receive it. And never allow anything to take that away from us. We thank you today for the birth of our Savior, our Lord the Messiah, the good news. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.